Tonight, we're going to be talking about um, an Old Testament event or an Old Testament fact that uh, I believe has some application that we can make from uh, regarding our lives today, the New Testament church. There are a lot of things that uh, the Bible tells us in the Old Testament that uh, were intended for lessons. We see lessons from them, whether God always intends for the things to... You know, you look at some stories in the Old Testament and you, you can't help but go, you know, that's just like today with, and you can see the parallels, the similarities. Some of those things are intentional by God and we call those type any type uh, situations where there's a shadow of some substance in the New Testament and it was intended by God. He wanted you to clue in and see it and then see the fulfillment of it or the reality of it in the New Testament. And uh, whether this is an intended type or not, I think there are some lessons to be learned from the cities of refuge in the Old Testament. Now, maybe you don't know, probably most of you do know about these cities of refuge. In the Old Testament, if you were uh, to accidentally kill someone, maybe you're out chopping down a tree and the head of the axe flies off the handle and hits your buddy standing next to you, hits him in the head and he dies. Well, someone in his family is probably going to come after you and take a life for a life. Or maybe you were, um, well, not too long ago, we were in uh, Cades Cove and we stopped at a place and we were throwing rocks into this little uh, creek thing. And uh, I threw something, threw it pretty hard. And right as I threw it, Anne-Marie walked over right where I was throwing, and that rock just zipped by her head, scared me half to death. Um, you know, what if you accidentally kill somebody? What, what are you going to do? Because you have somebody coming after you to avenge the death of their loved one. Well, God made provision for that in the Old Testament, in the passages, Numbers chapter 35, Deuteronomy chapter 19, and also in Joshua chapter 20, we read about these cities of refuge. Here's what God did. He said, I want you to make six cities and designate these cities as cities of refuge. And I want you to put three of them on one side of the Jordan River, and I want you to put the other three on the other side of the Jordan River. In other words, he's making it convenient and accessible for people to gain access to these cities. They were strategically located. They were divided up on each side. He's making it so that everybody can gain access to them. And he said, here's the deal. If you involve yourself in one of these cases where you accidentally take the life of another person, you are to flee to one of these cities to find refuge. When you go to this city, you tell the powers that be that run these cities... Tell them your situation. Um, they will have a trial, and they'll consider and weigh the evidence carefully about you. And if it be the case that they determine that, you know, that was an accident, you didn't intend it, you have safety from the manslayer, from the guy who's going to come and seek revenge upon you. Um, that was the purpose of the cities. Now, the city wasn't so that if you kill somebody, 
Uh, you know, you lay in wait, and when they come by, you, you chop them good, or you throw a rock and hit them in the head, or you get in a fight with them and, and kill them out of anger. It wasn't that kind of protection. You didn't go to those cities for that, because when they heard your story, they'd, they'd execute you, um, life for a life. But it was for that person who inadvertently killed someone, a place to find refuge, these cities of refuge. Well... As you think about those cities of refuge, that provision that God made in the Old Testament for people who made mistakes, you can't help but think of the church today, can you not? Has God not today made a place of refuge for those of us who have made mistakes to find safety and where we can live instead of die? I'd like for us to look at five points of similarity between the church today that we have, that God has given us, and those Old Testament cities of refuge. The first point is this. The cities of refuge were a provision of mercy. God didn't have to say, I'm going to set these cities up. There's no manual that God had to follow that demanded he make these cities. This is out of the goodness of his heart. He was merciful to us. He offers us this city. Nor did God have to send his son into this earth to die for man. There wasn't anything in us that compelled him to do it where we, you know, wow, those people have acted so noble since that that fall to begin with and the mistakes had been made. I'm going to have to do something. It's surely out of God's mercy. Those cities of refuge, God knew what would happen to people who find themselves in situations where they accidentally take a life, and he wanted them to have protection. Does God want those who have tender hearts but who have failed, who have sinned, who have not thought through their choices as well as they should have, who through weakness have made mistakes, does he not want provision for those people as well, for us? Well, of course he does. The Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death, Romans 6, verse 23. But the Bible also tells us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. If you kill someone in the Old Testament, somebody's coming after you to avenge the blood of their loved one. If you sin in New Testament times, you're facing death, certain spiritual death. Because we've all sinned, but God has made provision. He has, well, he set up a church. Before Jesus left this world, he said, I am going to build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Hades will not prevail against it. He um, fulfilled that promise in Acts chapter 2. You read of how the church was begun. Those who were baptized were added to the church that day. 3,000 people were added to the church on that occasion. God has made provision. Look at Ephesians 2, verses 11 through 16, and he talks about how that through sin we're, we're alienated from God. But in the church, verse 16, God has taken Jew and Gentile and reconciled them and we are reconciled to God in the one body. There's reconciliation 
that takes place in the church. The one who we placed ourselves at odds against, at, with enmity between, that's removed in the body of Christ. So the cities of refuge were provision of mercy. God did it because he's good. He didn't have to. A second point that I think that is interesting is that these cities of refuge were within reach of everybody. They, uh, they were accessible. In fact, he specifically said, when you build these cities of refuge, I'm going to tell you where to put them. These are the places I want you to designate. And they're each on three, three on each side of the river to make it accessible. And he said, and I want you to build roads that lead to these cities. You're not just out there climbing over rocks and around this and that and the other and just kind of working your way there. He's making it as accessible as he can and convenient as he can for those who need refuge. He made it accessible. What is hard about the church? How How has God made salvation accessible today? Does he demand that we do some great feat? I'll tell you what, I'll forgive you of your sins if you do, um, let's see, swim the English Channel. Or let's let's climb Mount Everest. Or uh, let's, he doesn't ask us to do some great thing. He makes it, here's what he tells us to do. Do you believe in Jesus? Are you willing to quit sinning? Turn from your sins. Be sorry that you did in the first place. Are you willing to allow somebody to put you underwater? And when you rise, I forgive you. You'll rise a new man. Everything that you were before you went down, now is going to be changed. You're a new creature when you come up out of the water. That's simple to do. But that's, that's how accessible God has made it. And he hasn't said, now, okay, here's the deal. You have to be white or you have to be black. You have to have a PhD, or you have to be a, uh, somebody that doesn't. You have to have this social state. It's for everybody. Anybody can come. God is no respecter of persons, Acts chapter 10. And so he's made it accessible. He's not wanting to keep people out. It's not just a token act of mercy. He's really trying to save mankind. I'm going to place these cities strategically. I'm going to make roads that go to them. They're going to be marked so that you can find them. And um, I want you to do it. I want you to go there. Third thing that we see in this is that the cities of refuge were designated and the roads were well marked. And that's the next point that I was going to say. Um, You didn't say, uh, this is, everybody knew what these cities were, where they were, um, and what they were for. Even the foreigner who was traveling in among the Israelites, that they understood and were told about and instructed about these cities of refuge. They knew what to do if they found themselves in that unenviable position of accidentally taking somebody's life. And again, salvation today is clearly designated. And it's in John 14 and verse 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. That's pretty clear. We can argue with it. 
We can say we don't like it or it shouldn't be that way. We can say it's too narrow. We can say, you can say a thousand things about it, but the fact is, that's the way it is. It's that way. It's been des- designated for us. It, it's just left up for us to do what he said and follow his instructions and take refuge where God has placed it. Look at a fourth similarity. The slayer was safe only in that city. Now, this is an interesting comparison, I think, because, you see, if, uh, if I accidentally killed somebody and I went, uh-oh, I'm going to be in trouble now because he has three brothers and I know they're going to come after me. And so I just, I run to the nearest city. Well, if that nearest city isn't one of those six cities, I have no refuge. Have you ever played uh, tag with children? And, and the, you know, they'll touch you and you're it, and then you touch them and they're it, and then it kind of goes back and forth. But every once in a while they play, like, with bases, you know. This is base. Can't touch me here. I, I'm on base. And they'll make up base as they go along. You know, if they get caught, they'll just touch the wall and say, the wall's base. You know, I'm, I'm safe. You can't get me here. That's not the way it worked with these cities of refuge. You can't just run to any city and say, base, I'm safe. You can't do anything. It was only the cities that God designated. If you went to the wrong city, hey, all bets are off. You can, you can be in big trouble. Yet today, people say, it doesn't matter what you believe religiously. It doesn't matter what church you go to, what church you belong to. It doesn't matter. Those things don't matter. God's not concerned about that. Anybody that's trying to serve him and, you know, just, just get in a church and, and follow Jesus. That would not have sufficed in the Old Testament. And it really, it doesn't fit the pattern for the New Testament. God hasn't placed salvation just anywhere and everywhere for that matter. Salvation is in his church. It's not in the church of your choice. It's in the church of God's designation. And we need to make sure that we're a part of that. And, and the challenge for us today is we live 2,000 years since the time that Jesus built his church. And since that time, there's a proliferation of churches. How do I know which one is it? Well, you look at the identifying characteristics. You decide, well, what does the Bible just say about this church? How does the Bible describe it? What are the things that they did? What are the things they didn't do? And you look at those things. And listen, if we will be and do what they did and were, we'll be the church of that first century. So there was safety only in those cities of refuge. Don't just think that God's okay with being religious. He wants you in his church. And here's the the fifth and final point. The slayer's safety was only assured when he remained in the city. You see, he could run to that city and find refuge. And they could even have their little hearing about that person and say, you know what? He is innocent. It was an accident. He had no malice, no ill will toward that person. It just happened. And they can say, you're innocent. But you know what? If you were declared innocent, that didn't mean you just got up and walked out of the city. Because if you did, they'd get you. 
you had to wait until the death of the high priest, and then you could go home. But if you left before then, you were in trouble. It wasn't a matter of just going to the city and going through the procedure. You still had to follow through. You had to stay in the city until the designated time, and then you could go back to your way of life. And how many people do you know who have fled to the city of refuge, the church of Jesus Christ, and they have sought out forgiveness, and God has been gracious and merciful to them, and he has forgiven them, and just here in a little while, they walk away, they quit, they go back, they put themselves at risk when they do. There's no safety outside the city of refuge. There's no safety outside the church. Where is anyone saved who has abandoned the church of Jesus Christ? I do know in Ephesians chapter 5 that the Bible says that Jesus is the Savior of his body. I never read of him saving anybody but his body. I do know that Jesus will redeem those who are, well, his bride. And he will present his bride, will be presented pure and blameless. But where is anyone else presented blameless before God? There are no promises. There are no assurances outside of the kingdom of God. We can't be saved, be near it. We can't be saved because we once were in it and we left it. Safety comes within it, and we need to do that. So, you know, a couple thoughts to think about tonight. You go back to that Old Testament time, and you think of some of the things, how different in some ways things were. Who ever heard of cities of refuge? Who ever heard that you resolve issues like this? I mean, it's so foreign to us. We... We can't hardly fathom the idea, but that's the way it was. And in order to have safety and refuge, you had to follow God's plan. It's not all that different, really, when you think about it, just in a spiritual sense, because we still get ourselves in trouble today, and we need refuge from our sin and from an oppressor that seeks to destroy us. And that safety is only found in his church. And as we abide in that church that Jesus built, we have safety, we have assurance, and one day we'll gain the victory. If you're here tonight, I know most of you are members of the church. I know most of you have obeyed the gospel. You've already taken advantage of the refuge that God, through his mercy, has extended to us. But I'm sure there are people here tonight who haven't. And they've been weighing things in your mind. And maybe this is you. Maybe you've thought about it and you've never really acted on it. Maybe you think you're too young or I will when I'm 17 and not 16. Or you might set some arbitrary uh, deadlines or dates out there for yourself. But listen, if you've sinned, you have put your soul in jeopardy. The devil is in hot pursuit. In fact, he's got you. And you will lose your soul if you don't seek refuge in the church of Jesus Christ. If you know the way to escape, and if the road has been clearly marked for you, and if Jesus says the way to gain access to the city is to be immersed 
in water for the forgiveness of your sins. And, well, look at Acts 2. The people cry out, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he goes on, he says, those who gladly received his word, those that were listening and said, okay, I'm willing to do whatever. I'm guilty of putting the Son of God to death. I don't want to die. Tell me what I have to do. Those who gladly received his word, you know what they did? They were baptized, and the Lord added to them, to the, the Lord added that number to the church. Listen, if you've sinned, you have crucified the Son of God. It's for you He died. And if you haven't yet found refuge, you stand condemned today, and you will tomorrow. And you don't want the Lord to come back in that condition. You don't want yourself to meet him in that condition, so fix it. God has prepared a place, a church, a city of refuge where you can be saved from your sins and from the one who oppresses you. If you're not yet a child of God, if you haven't been baptized, if you're not a member of the church, why not tonight? Why not make the decision, I'm going to start living for him. I'm going to seek refuge tonight. I don't want to worry anymore. Give your life to him. And if you're a child of God already but unfaithful, maybe you've wandered from the city. You need to get back. The safety is only in the city. If we can pray with you or for you to the end that you'd be more faithful, we'll do so if you'll come as we stand together and sing.